Ah, hey, dear sister. How are you doing, dear brother? Because I know I have some guys listening and I have been thinking about a few things to do with even the ministry and how we can incorporate more things for our brothers. So stay tuned. Happy post-Thanksgiving, dear sister. How was your Thanksgiving? I hope it was everything you were hoping for. So there is this thing I do around the holidays, and that is when it's holiday season, I tend to retreat. I retreat from a lot of activities that otherwise everybody will be doing, going to parties and this and this and that and that. I actually personally like to retreat during the holidays and just... You know, it's just one of those things where you want to have this cozy feeling with your family. I just enjoy a bunch of Hallmark cheesy movies or Lifetime and just rest. And I'm hoping that I can do that this season because we do have the retreat and I have to prepare and plan and all that. So we'll see how that goes. But what I do when I retreat is um, I reflect I am a reflector. Naturally, I like to reflect. I like the deep thinking and particularly when it comes to my life and how I have showed up and all those areas. And so I do that. I like to reflect. I like to think on what has happened during the year and I take that to a whole new level. This is the time that when I begin to reflect, I end the year doing exactly what I want to do, which is sit down with my planner. And by the way, side note, if you didn't know, I launched a planner this year and in the planner are tools that I personally have used for years that has helped me organize my life as a businesswoman. So it's called Business Meets Life because everything that I do, I wanted it in one place. And this planner helps me to do that very easy everyday weekly planning and daily planning and all that. So I have a 2024 coming out and uh, I actually just recently had the publisher do some edits to it and I will be ordering my copy so I can kind of see how it is and use it. So I have my 2024 planner and that is what I use. The tools in there are what I use to do my self-reflection and I can't wait for December, God willing, because that's the time that I actually sit down the last two weeks of the year and really focus on um, those things that I want to work on. So I stay indoors most of the time. I hibernate. <laughs> and since we have a retreat coming up, I will be hibernating even more in preparation for that. So that's something that I wanted to kind of start with because it goes into planning. It goes into talking about the future. It goes into things that you want to do. And then I snuck in that word or phrase, God willing, right? God willing. We say it so much. The Muslims also say it. I think it's inshallah or something like that. And we say it so much. God willing, God willing, God willing. But do we believe in God's will? Do we believe that at some point in our lives, God is going to be able to break away our will if we allow him to and allow us, you know, we allow him to infuse in us his will and be able for us to do his will. God willing. That's the topic for teaching today. That's the topic that we are diving in today as we work on series eight of our heart transformation series. I have been so happy. Like I did not know that I would be able to complete this assignment. Like I did, I literally didn't know because I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I mean, when the Lord says, for me to help people heal their hearts and work on their hearts. It's a big task. And this year, this was not planned. The, this series was not planned for the podcast. It wasn't planned as part of my life. It wasn't planned in no way, shape or form. So when the Holy Spirit just dropped it in my heart, like, you need to start talking about the heart more and you need to teach on it. I said, ooh, because it wasn't part of the plan for the year. And by God's grace, he has helped me work on each series topic, research and read up on it and just listen to what the Holy Spirit wants me to share. And I just share. So this series has challenged me personally and it has made me woke. <laughs> 
in some areas and motivated me to choose a side and not sit on the fence where life is concerned. Side note, this is not in my notes for the podcast, but I want to share. Even today, literally for those watching me on YouTube and those listening today as I'm recording, which could be whenever it is, talk about, you know, when the Lord is convicting your heart. So I was telling the Lord, I said, Lord, social media is too much. Like, I really can't. It's a whole beast. I don't know what to do. And God really, I said, I have been praying like, Lord, give me a strategy that is going to sit well with you. I don't want it to be my strategy. I want it to be be your strategy for social media. And he said, listen, I want you to share parts of you with people. But this is what I want you to do. I know the world has a way and the algorithm has a way of showing what it wants to show people to people. And you may not get the likes, you may not get the shares, you may not get whatever it is, but I want you to do this. I want you to share my word. However you decide to share my word, I have blessed it. And I said, okay, share your word. Okay. And me being a writer and now an author, I'll share more about being an author soon. But anyway, me being a writer and loving words, I said, Lord, show me how to do it because I want it to come from you. And he said, what I'm going to ask you to do and how I'm going to ask you to do it is not going to be the normal way that people like to see things on Instagram and social media but do it. And so I was in the shower today and I was like, Lord, okay, so I'm going to share this in the stories and I'm going to share this in reels and I'm going to share this on YouTube. And so just, he literally just opened my eyes and what he did, listen to me, your sister, what he did was he had me go back to my motives, why I am sharing what I'm sharing on social media. If it's something that I'm sharing, is it glorifying me? Is it wanting to make me look good? Is it wanting to make me feel good? Or is it glorifying him and putting him at where he's supposed to be? It doesn't mean that I can't share like my fun stuff. It just means that the motive for me sharing should be pure and authentic. It should be godly centered. So I took all that in and I said, wow. Heart transformation is hard because you're going against the grain of the world. You're going against what the world is saying ought to happen. And you're doing it the way you believe you should do it. And he said, just give to my people, give to your audience more of who you are and give them who you are in a way that glorifies me. So all that I've said so far about social media and the conviction and the motive wasn't even in my script, but I felt I should share it because as I said before, the Heart Transformation series has been very challenging for me. And I know it's been challenging for you, but it's the good work. It's the work that when you're able to get to the other side, you know that, wow, I am not going back to anything. It's not going to be a cycle that I have to be in, right? You're out of the cycle once and for all. Each day, our will, (laughs) a big part of our heart as people is the will of man. And I haven't talked about the will yet in the heart because I wanted to save it towards the end. So we're going to talk about the will, the will. Each day, our will is either in opposition or in alignment to God's will. So what is this will and how can it be tamed if we can ever tame our will and pick up God's will, right? Taming of the will? Well, I want us to dive into this will of ours and the importance of allowing and aligning to God's will and why this can be so difficult. You know, growing up, I heard the saying, you can force a horse to the riverside, but you cannot make it drink the water. Hmm. Think on that. It will come back up in the episode. So I hope to cover this topic succinctly. So come on in, dear sister, dear brother, and let's get into the word. Let's go. Okay, okay. Hi, friend. Hi, dear sister. Hi, dear brother. 
this is Kate Ekokadezi, and it is great to have you listening today. What I aim to do with this podcast and the wider ministry of I Am Free Woman Ministries, previously known as that, and now Godly Woman and Company, is to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to honor God, serve others, and live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice, and once we embrace the process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say healed people, heal people. (laughs) I want to welcome new listeners and viewers to Godly Woman and Company, where you can experience biblical well-being coaching, discipleship therapy, community with God, grit, and good grace. My name is Kate Ekokadezi, and I am the founder, the cheerleader, the host, the writer, the content... Should I go on? Basically. But then I do have people who help me out. So today I really want to shout out somebody who has been helping me out greatly in the ministry and the work that we are doing for the retreat. It's not also in the script, but I feel I need to shout her out. And it is my sister, Yvette. Yvette is all the way in the UK and you're going to make me cry. And... You know, when you're working in ministry, especially the kind of work that God has asked me to do, people come and go, you know, in the ministry, they try to help. And then along the way, uh, things happen and they leave. And, you know, I always pray to God that he sends me the right heart, the right people who are here for no other reason than to help build the ministry. And working this retreat has been really hard. You know, the things that I have to do, the resources, all those things, it's been, it's, it hasn't, it's not easy. And also, you know, taking time to work on the content, the curriculum, the word, it's just a bunch of stuff that you have to prepare for. And so I've been praying to the Lord that I need someone to help with some of the things that I would rather give to somebody to do, especially on the creative side of things. And so Yvette, you know, um, reached out and said, I could be doing my own thing. She has her own ministry. I could be doing my own thing with her financial ministry. Um, But I feel like I should be helping you. So if there's anything that you need me to do, just let me know and I will gladly do it. I have cried over that a lot because For somebody who has her own thing going for her and her own ministry to reach out and say, I want to help you. I see you're doing a great thing and I'm going to lay down and be selfless and help you build what God is asking you to build. It's it's blown my mind to this day, every time I think about it. And so Yvette, if you're listening, which I know you are, I love you very much. Not because you're doing this for me. I've always, you know, we've always connected. um, And we recently reconnected after um, so many years. And I love your heart. And I want to thank you for, for being obedient to what God is telling you. And to lay aside your stuff. That's so important in 2023. To lay aside what you want to do. And to come alongside me to work towards the retreat in January. I appreciate you and thank you. That's all I really want to say is thank you. So dear listeners, dear viewers, you can find Yvette on Instagram. Um, You can find more about the ministry at godlywomanandcompany.org. And uh, what I just shared just... Yeah, she she's good. She's good. Quick retreat update. For those who have already registered for the retreat, it's time to catch up on your monthly payments. So make sure you do that on our website, okay? And that's all I have for announcements, basically the retreat. So let's go ahead and dive into the show. Hilary Scott has a song I love so much. The lyrics describe exactly how the heart feels when it gives up its will and totally surrenders to God's will. Now, I may sing here and there. I haven't sung on the podcast in a while, so I may. But here are the lyrics. Just listen to the lyrics. I am so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear. So 
I followed through. Somehow I ended up here. I don't want to think I may never understand that my broken heart is a part of your plan. When I try to pray, all I've got is hurt in these four words. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And the lyrics continue. I know you're good, but this don't feel good right now. I know you think of things I could never think about. It's hard to count it all joy. Distracted by the noise, just trying to make sense of all your promises. Sometimes I got to stop. Remember that you're God and I am not. So, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done like a child on my knees. All that comes to me is thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will. I know you see me. I know you hear me, Lord. Your plans are for me. Goodness you have in store. I know you hear me. I know you see me, Lord. Your plans are for me. Goodness you have in store. So thy will be done, thy will be done, thy will be done like a child on my knee. All that comes to me is thy will be done, thy will be done. Thy will be done. I know you see me. I know you hear me, Lord. I wasn't planning on singing, but the Holy Spirit just took over. And that's because these lyrics, these words just describe exactly how it is when you are the point where you are letting your will go and taking God's will and waiting and things not working out and you thought you heard him right and now it's like this. It kind of describes what my life has been this year with therapy and becoming a therapist and what that has meant. That part about when you pray, right? And all you get is hurt. And those four words, thy will be done, always gets me. It's like your heart is saying, God, I want the pain. I don't want the pain before the joy. And he's saying, but you will. But will you trust that I know what is good for you? Will you trust that I know what is good for you? To talk about the will in a man's heart, let's look at some definitions as always, right? The soul. The soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. Basically, the part of you that is experienced by others every day. Sin, a more, an immoral act that separates a child of God from his or her heavenly father. Will, <laughs> I looked this up. It is the human capacity to actively decide on what to do instead of reacting automatically to stimuli. Okay, so your will at some point is not just reacting. It's already thought about what it's going to do. Do you see how it's so deep within us? <laughs> Another definition notes that the will is an important part of the human mind and plays a major role in enabling deliberate actions. Pause. Enabling deliberate actions. So your will to do is really deep, buried deep within us. 
That's why it is the force, the most powerful force on earth. <laughs> Bottom line, the will is within the soul, which is a part of how others experience you daily. I'm sure these aren't the only definitions concerning the will. However, in keeping this episode light <laughs> and not too philosophical, right? I think these definitions are appropriate. So if the will is within the mind, within the soul, it is pretty much an integral part of our makeup as humans. In the previous series parts of this heart transformation, I have shared quite a bit about the spirit, the soul and the body connection, and also about motives, intentions, and desires. The human will, exactly what it is, has its own way and insists on its own way unless that human will encounters someone different who compels him or her to listen. When you think about advertising and these days on, even on social media, so you're being bombarded with so much information and advertising strategies and how people want you to get this and get that and follow this and do that. It is all somebody doing something to compel your will to listen and to do. So I have an exercise for you. Do this brief exercise with me right now and sense how your heart feels. Repeat these phrases after me. I can, I could, I shall, I should, I must, I may, I will, I would. Did you sense the differences in your heart? When you say I can or I could, you give yourself the affirmation, but still with an option of not following through. When you say I shall or I should, you give yourself an assurance of your intentions, still with the option of maybe or not doing it. Even when you say I must, it's an obligatory assertion. And when you say I may, it's an optional assertion. But when you say I will and I would, you give yourself the permission to follow through and do. You give yourself the permission to follow through and do. Because I'm a words girl, I'm sitting here analyzing these phrases and how careful I should be using them going forward. Yep. I will is an expression of a strong desire and a decision to do something. Let me put this this way. Like I want to talk about I will in the context biblically. On Sunday evenings, we do a family devotion with our kids. We start with a Bible series online. This Sunday, we watched Superbook, the story of David and Saul. The part where David assured Saul that he will never lay his hands on Saul because he, Saul, was God's anointed. So in 1 Samuel 24, 10b, David says, I will not lift my hand against my master because he is the Lord's anointed. Later on in verse 13, David also says, as the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds. So my hand will not touch you. Will not. He already said it in his mind and heart that he will not. His convictions were clear. His belief was clear that he will not. Your will, you give yourself that permission. And David could give himself permission to do the evil thing, but he said, I will not. There are two points I want you to rest your mind on here, dear sister, dear brother, when it comes to what I've shared about the scripture in 1 Samuel 24. First, David's will has been transformed through his meditation and obedience to God. If you read later, earlier chapters, he allowed God's voice and word to seep into his mind changing his heart so that his decision to not harm Saul did not come from his human wisdom, but from God. Lord over his life. 
The principle of human will aligning with God's will here is this. Allow your mind to be renewed by God's word and sit in his assurance, even when you do not understand. Lean into God's wisdom, not your own. The second principle here about David and Saul's story here is we see in verse 13 that David had learned and understood the consequences of doing what goes contrary to God. David wasn't yet keen though, but had made up his mind not to do evil. Of course, when he became kin, he did some things which he later sought repentance for, right? The principle here about the human will is this. Without consistent devotion to the Lord's way, to the Lord's word, to the Lord's will, we can be easily manipulated into acts that will grieve the Holy Spirit. The human will is temperamental and can easily rely on him or herself. Oh my goodness. David said, I will not lift my hand. Will is about intention. It is about a promise you make and keep. Wow. A promise you make and keep. I have never thought of the human will like that. And when I was about to script this, I told the Lord, I said, teach me and show me what to say to everybody. And he did. When you express your will to others, you basically make a promise, a covenant promise with your word and nothing else. <sighs> your will comes from your convictions. Your convictions come from what and who you believe in. If you are struggling with aligning to God's will, I want you to journal on this. Do I believe God can and will? What are my convictions about my beliefs in God and his word, his way, his will? Mm. Yes. Dear sister, how many of us have made statements such as this? I will call you. I will stop by your place. I will give it a try. I will, I will, I will. But we never do. For people who hear our wills and hang on to them, when we do not follow through, what happens? They get disappointed. And so today we have a lot of people in the world, in our circles, in our lives, disappointed. And so they retreat. They can't trust because we, we loosely intend our will to do something that we haven't really thought through in our desires and our convictions that we really want to do. Wow. I really said this was not going to get philosophical, but I don't know. Yeah. They get disappointed. And I am pretty sure we all have been through this too, where we have been the recipients of the same thing, where we've been disappointed by somebody's words, right? Someone said to you, they will, and it never happened. Broken promises, broken dreams, all from the human will wanting to, but ends up falling short. <laughs> is it maybe because we desire to do something, but the intention is not set in our hearts? The conviction is not strong enough. It is set in our minds and with life experiences in particular, the will, the intention can easily change. Setting intentions in your heart is deeper than setting intentions in your mind. Your mind is part of your heart. Your will is part of your mind. To set intentions in your heart, you must believe that indeed that will must be done. So it goes deeper. It's the conviction. It's the belief. Wow. <laughs> To have the heart's desire to willfully carry out an act, whether good or bad, you must make that intention a priority. That is why in the court system, you are not judged based on your motives. You are judged based on what you carry out, your intention. But in the previous series, what did I say? God judges us right from the get-go, our motives, which is in our hearts. <laughs> Which means if you have made a promise to someone and that person isn't a priority in your heart, in your mind, 
constantly thought about and, you know, thinking about them, the chances that we are going to disappoint is really high. Because if I make a promise to somebody, that person is in my heart. And if they are in my heart, it, it's, it, it becomes a priority. Years ago, I said this in a, in a small group I was leading. I said, you know, people make time for the things and people that are a priority to them. Think on that. It is very unintentional when we break our word. It just happens, right? <laughs> the human will does intersect with many other faculties in the human mind and heart. So what are some of these intersections? Hmm. Desire is a strong feeling of want or wish for something to happen. Instinct is your natural or intuitive way of thinking and acting. Conviction is a fixed or firmly held beliefs. And the will is actively deciding to do. So here we see that your desire precedes your will. If we desire to know God with our hearts, our appetite for God will grow and we will make it our intention to do all we can to know him. This is why when you are in the word, but also in the world, your heart is conflicted. It's easy for you to be swayed into the world because your desire for the things of the world is greater than your desire for the things of God. Wow. If we desire to travel to a tourist destination, that desire resonates in our hearts and we do all we can. We save up all the money and all that to get there, right? If we desire to help people, make time for people, we must first desire this in our hearts by renew our minds on why we want to do this. The motive for why we desire to do something fuels the desire or douses the desire. Whoa. If the motive or motivation is strong, our appetite grows and we prioritize and make time. Mm. You see why the marketing people do a great job of strategizing to try and get you to buy something, anything? Right now I have a retreat, right? And I told the Lord, I said, listen, I'm not going to sway anybody in any kind of tactic. If they hear from you and they want to show up and talking about well, you will do anything and everything to make it to the retreat. I have a planner. I'm not going to sway and kind of, you know, marketing and all that stuff. I said, Lord, when the time is right for this to blow up, it will blow up. I recently launched a journal, soft launch. I haven't talked about it much. And I've told the Lord, I said, when it is your time for me to market and do all those things that you show me how to do, I will do it. Now, somebody listening to me somewhere who is in business like me will be like, well, Kate, that's not a good business strategy because, you know, but I was like, I'm aligning to God's will. And aligning to God's will means I need God to tell me, Kate, move. Kate, pause. Kate, do it this way. Kate, I want you to strategize this way. Kate, I want you to look at your motive. I'm not putting out a planner to make money. I'm not putting out a journal to make money. I'm not putting up a retreat to make money. So I want to make sure that my motives are always right. And then the desire within me is not about me, but it's about you, dear sister. It's about you, dear brother. It's about the person that is going to find whatever it is that this organization has to offer useful. And so now I'm very particular with even what I do to help other people. I want it to come from the right motive, from the right intention. And not just because, you know, it's something that business says we should do or something that social media that we says we should do to sell a lot of copies and stuff. It's not about money because again, we know that money and God you know, God says it in his word, the number one competition for God is money. So I always have to be careful that anything that we do for godly woman and company resonates and sits in a place that is about God and not just about making the next dollar or something like that. So the motive for why we desire to do something 
fuels the desire or douses it. If the motive and motivation is strong, our appetite grows and we prioritize and make time for it. What I'm about to share in the next section is like a habit 101. I call it habit 101, changing your habits 101. And I want you to listen carefully to changing a habit. If you want to change any habit, try this and see what happens. One, to change a habit, stop focusing on the behaviors you want to change. Stop. Rather, identify why you need to change that habit. Habit basically being compounded behavior. Then identify your motives for changing that habit. This is where you do some mindset work, moving from fixed mindset to a growth mindset or reading the Bible daily or um, you know, reading biblically sound positive affirmations or thinking positive, or even we have this thing called positive psychology, mindfulness, and so on. After you do those things and you start to renew your mind, you identify your motives and motivations. I want you to ask yourself, how much do I desire to change or transform this habit? If your desire isn't strong enough, then your motives or motivations need to be assessed. The stronger your motivations, the stronger your desires. Think about that. A strong desire will stem from your heart when you now cannot stop dreaming and ideating uh, and even prioritizing the actions that you need to take. To set your will, you must address what your instincts are telling you as well as face your convictions. You weigh all these faculties in your mind and when you're satisfied with what you now choose to accept, you set your will. You change your habit. You begin to, it becomes natural. Like, I want to run. Well, why do you want to run? Why do you want to lose weight? If you can drill down to the why and let it sit in your heart, that desire and appetite to wake up and go to the gym and not complain and grumble and do all those things, it becomes a part of you. It becomes a lifestyle. <laughs> so from here, you set your will. I will, I will, I will. So now that your mind has, so that now that your mind and heart are aligned to a deep-seated truth about what you want to do, number one, it will be difficult to break that promise to yourself. It'll be difficult to sleep in when you know you have made up your mind that you want to lose weight and you know why you're doing what you're doing. Two, it will hurt to break that promise. It will hurt to say, no, I can't because you know that you set up your mind and all of that. Three, you will feel bad for breaking that promise. Four, you will want to rectify and fix a broken promise. And five, you will desire an apology and or forgiveness because it's coming from a place that is deeper than just the human will. So the human will is constantly actively deciding what to do. And we now see that the decision to do so can be impacted by our thinking, our understanding and reasoning, our instincts and even our convictions, as well as our habits and behaviors and even time, which I will talk more about later. In the process of even changing a habit as I have just shared, requires more than a behavior modification, but total heart transformation. The human will is filled with promises and covenants that may never be fulfilled due to things such as our selfish nature too. Yes, our selfish nature is another intersection that affects the human will. When you think back on all the promises you have made in your relationships, you may not remember them. So basically, who did you say you will do something for or with, but did not follow through? Mm. We have all probably heard this statement before. Your word is your bond. And people use it. My word is my bond. 
Did we all just feel bad for breaking our word to somebody in our lives? Hmm. Question is, why did we break our word? I can tell you why. When we, re when we really analyze our reasons for breaking our word, it comes down to selfish reasons. It's for ourselves. And hey, it's for ourselves. I won't list them all, like the, some of the reasons why we break the word, but we all know what they are. We do it. I know what some of mine are. Even as I was preparing to script this episode, I received a text from someone who wants to join my church small group. She wanted to chat. <laughs> she had questions. <laughs> and I responded that I will be able to chat with you. But immediately my selfishness kicked in with thoughts such as, maybe you should postpone this to tomorrow. You are on a tight timeline. So yes, you can excuse not talking to her this evening. Kate, if you talk to her, you may end up having a late night, which means less hours of sleep, which means tired at the gym. Do you see, dear sister, how easy it is for us to bypass the Holy Spirit and God's will? I didn't know what she wanted to talk about, but I said, yes, I will. That was my word and I wasn't going to break it. But then immediately I started to think more and it was like, yeah. This is merely having the Holy Spirit inside of you. But you know what? The Holy Spirit inside of you is not enough. I know some of you are probably like, what did she say? I'll repeat. The Holy Spirit inside of you is not enough. If you want to do things the way they ought to be as a Christian, as a godly woman, as someone who says you love God with all your heart. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to function, y'all. <laughs> you must allow the Holy Spirit to function. You must allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. You're trying to do the job of the Holy Spirit. And that is your will. That is why the will, the human will, is the most in, is the most powerful force on earth, not in heaven, on earth. You have the Holy Spirit within you, but yet you argue and you you dissect and you sit and you you weigh options and because your will, your will, doing. Your will, embracing all that God says and surrendering your will to God's will, that is when the Holy Spirit truly becomes enough. If you still struggle to obey God's will, be it his expressive will or concealed will, expressive being the scriptures in the Holy Bible, concealed meaning the ones he has yet to reveal to you through the Holy Spirit or through prophecy or through confirmations from other people. If you struggle to obey God's will in any way, what you're saying to God is that the Holy Spirit is not enough. Lord, I need something more powerful to break my will. <laughs> Dr. Miles Monroe says this beautifully. He says, you don't change until you conceive in your mind that this is something you will do. The most powerful force on earth is the will of man. In other words, when you conceive the act in your mind and it is transferred into the core of your heart, that's when change happens. Rewind, rewind the assistant and listen to that again. In other words, when you conceive an act in your mind and it is transferred into the core of your heart, that is when change will happen. So the habits you're trying to change, the, 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 all the different, think about all the different habits you're trying to change. It just doesn't happen. Behavior modification is not enough. I can give you 10 steps of things to do and it will become a cycle. The Holy Spirit cannot change your mind until you allow him to do so. So I said in my opening, when I mentioned that saying from 
when I was growing up. You can force a horse to the riverside, but you cannot force it to drink the water. Why? The horse must want to and accept that it wants to drink. <laughs> its will must align with the farmer's will to want him to quench its test. To want him to quench its thirst. I said test. Should I repeat that? I will repeat that because I think it is very powerful. Okay. The Holy Spirit cannot change your mind unless you allow him to do so. So the, the saying that I shared earlier, which is you can force a horse to the riverside, but you cannot force it to drink water. Why? The horse must want to and accept that it wants to drink water. Its will must align with the farmer's will to want to help the horse quench its thirst. Wow. If you're not ready and you're just doing a lip service, you're not ready and you won't. <laughs> In Philippians chapter two, if we want to be God's shining stars, here's what we ought to know about our will and God's will. Okay, so before I read, I want you to tell yourself this. I will not be offended by God's word, okay? Because we know God's word cuts deep sometimes. So here we go, and I'm going to read. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Sometimes we argue with ourselves. Sometimes we grumble with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we complain. And sometimes we do so many things, right? So that you may become blameless and pure. Remember, if you want to be shining stars, this is what the word of God, this is what God's will is. God's will literally is telling you what to do. But as you're hearing me read right now from the scriptures, what's happening to your heart? What's happening to your thoughts? So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. I love the word. Sometimes it cuts, but I love it. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Wow. I'm not going to preach, you know, the scripture here, but I want you to meditate on it. Go back, pull up, your, pull out your Bible and read again, Philippians 2, 13, like that whole section from 12. Read again and reflect. Despite everything that happens around you in life, you have one task and that is to allow God's will to emanate from your life, shine like bright stars into the lives of others around you. As you seek repentance, counseling, therapy, coaching, mentoring, discipleship to help you heal from your childhood experiences, traumas, negative ruminations and thoughts, cognitive distortions, you, dear sister, you, dear brother, must allow your human will to be aligned to God's will. You must allow God's will to reign in your life. Despite all of life's happenings, like what the lyrics to Hilary Scott's song says, these four words, they hurt, thy will be done. Jesus said it, Jesus said it, and we know that thy will be done, not my will, but your will. 
You do everything without complaining and arguing. I could have selfishly taken back my willingness to help the young lady who called about my small group because he was interrupting and interfering with what I had scheduled to do simply because I already had other intentions set in my heart. But to do God's will, I literally had to pause and allow the Holy Spirit to renew my mind, allow the Holy Spirit to remind me of the why in my mind and to awaken a desire in me to help other people and to embrace such interruption in my day. Y'all, that is a heart transformation when you start to think with your heart and not just your mind. Boom. Doing God's will is not easy and it's not always fun. It is not always fun. Like this instance with me was not fun. Gone are the days when I would have just disregarded the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, doing God's will means denying yourself and dying to self every single day. If you're wanting to fully operate in your gifts, dear sister, one thing is for sure. God will always interrupt your plan with his agenda. Question is, will you be mindful enough to notice such interruptions as God's will and will you allow his will be done? Before I wrap up, I want to touch on God's will and time. I remember when my dad passed away in 2020 and I spent six months in seclusion doing the hard work to heal from grief. I didn't want the spirit of grief to consume my heart. I walked into the gym one morning and felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me, it is what you do in time with God that heals all wounds. But time by itself, Kate, will not heal all wounds. If you want to see God move, allow him to work in his time, dear sister. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, in his book, Mere Christianity, says this, God keeps no one waiting unless he sees it beneficial for them to wait. <laughs> God see, keeps no one waiting unless he sees it beneficial for that person to wait. Your will, the most powerful force on earth, wants what it wants to do. However, there is this God whom you love and want to also serve. Well, if your heart desires to honor and glorify God in every aspect of your life, dear sister, then you allow God into the mess. You allow God into the chaos. You allow God into the confusion. You allow God into the struggle. You allow God into the uncertainty and doubt. You allow God into the heartache and heartbreak. You allow God into your will. You allow God to break your will because no one can make you believe. No one can make you sign up for that teaching. No one can make you go to that camp or that retreat. No one can make you call the therapist. No one can make you sit still. No one can make you trust again. No one can make you do anything unless you allow your mind to see and conceive it and it becomes a desire in your heart and your will to do. <laughs> wow. God causes things in our lives that forces us to wait on some things for our own good. If you want to bypass God's will, it can, and it will deliver the consequences to you as well. You may feel like God's will is delayed sometimes, but honestly, you want that delay, in quotes, delay, in quotes. So you do the work during the wait. His will is always on time. Wow. I wasn't sure how this episode was going to go talking about the human will. And I'm so glad that God aligns everything perfectly. I started reading Mere Christianity a, a, a few days ago. And then I have been listening to Dr. Miles Monroe for a while. And I hadn't listened to him in a while. So as I started scripting, the Lord pulled up this and he pulled up that and he showed me that. And here we are. So I hope that it was light enough that you got some nuggets 
And it was dense enough that you will pause, reflect, and journal about your will and God's will. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit is not enough. The Holy Spirit is enough when you lay down your will and pick up God's will. That's when you see transformation in your heart. That's when you see transformation in your life. That's when you see the habit change and, and so on and so forth. So to recap, here are three thoughts for today. One, the human will is the most powerful force on earth. The human will is tucked within the mind, which is tucked within the soul, which is part of the heart. <laughs> the human will is the ultimate faculty that actively causes us to do or not do. Hmm. Obedience. Hmm. The human will can be misguided by life experiences, traumas, and unpleasant happenings. The human will denies us of the pleasures of walking in holiness because of selfish desires and sin nature. The human will causes us to break our promises and covenants with ourselves where we want to do something, but we don't do it. And our human will is easily affected by our desires for self. Thought number two, to align the human will with the will of God. Everything must set in our heart. Everything must be set in our heart. The desire, the motive, the will. Our minds must be renewed on God's word constantly. Enough for our hearts to desire only God's truth. If our will is conflicted between the world and God, you will not be able to fully experience obedience in Christ. Our hearts must delight only in the Lord and verbally confess our desire to obey him. The more we confess our sins and profess our desires to obey, our minds renew and that seeps into our hearts. We must allow God's timing to always be more profound in our waiting than our own timeline. If you're waiting, he knows you need it. So allow it. Thought number three, changing a habit does not start with changing a behavior or modifying a behavior. Changing a habit starts with knowing why you want to change the habit. Knowing your motives and motivations is very important. This first step must be driven deeply into your mind and heart canals to the point of desiring the why. When your heart is settled on the why, you are in agreement with God and you know what God is telling you to do and the change becomes effortless. Your will to do will shift things as priorities and you will easily begin to accomplish God's will. The key is to believe with your heart and agree with God. Three words for today. Instincts include, allow God, and intersections. Three actions for you today, dear sister, dear brother. Follow us wherever you find us, podcast. Make sure you, you share. I want you to share. Please share, share, share. And let others learn and heal and grow. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, that's where you will find us. Godly Woman and Company, Chief Joy Activator. Some questions for you to journal on and think about. What parts of my will are difficult to align with God's? What is God's will for my life? And how can I keep my covenant and promises to others? Three, I want you to pray and keep praying. Don't stop praying, dear sister, dear brother. It is always a great time walking in my purpose of teaching and building others up in the ways of God. I have tasted it and I know it is in, oh, this is where I want to be. Every day, godly, godly stuff, decisions. And this is where peace and joy resides. Living free is everyday godly decisions that frees your heart and mind, feeds your heart and mind, and focuses your heart and mind. My heart is always full every time I get to teach and preach and share and just talk about the word of God because it heals us, right? So dear sister, I want us to be different. I want us to live in fullness of all our callings. And I am so happy that I get the privilege of walking with you in whatever capacity that you allow me to walk with you. There is work to be done to transform our hearts and mind 
and it is one heartbeat at a time. So let's choose to be free. Let's choose to stay free. Let's choose to live free. Being faithfully renewed, encouraged, and exceptional women and men of God. This is Kate, your Chief Joy Activator. Until next time, may God's goodness and mercy follow you always. And remember, healed people heal people. So go out into the world and heal someone today. Choose to live free. I love you. Bye. <laughs>